Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide, episode 280. Happy New Year. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening and thanks for downloading. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. We hope you had a great Christmas and hope you have a successful 2018 on our first show in the new year an angry telstra customer stages a sit-in at a store and the police who were called to resolve his issues actually solved his problem apple issues an apology for slowing down old iphones and why apple may also be buying netflix in the tech guide reviews we're going to take a look at the huawei mate 10 pro smartphone the Netgear Arlo Go camera that can be used anywhere, and the JBL Link smart speaker. And we'll finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you in the new year, so let's get cracking. Now, we've all got our little horror stories about customer service complaints and we ring up when things aren't working as they should and we get frustrated when we don't get a response. Well, that was the case when a Telstra customer walked into the Marrickville Metro store uh, over the weekend. Uh, Matt Dooley, his name is, uh, the Sydney Morning Herald reported this, that he, after months of battling with Telstra to get his NBN connected, he he went into the store and refused to leave the store until his issues were resolved. So he staged a sit-in. He said, I'm not going anywhere until this problem is solved. Now, to summarise his issues, he'd made a complaint to the telecommunications industry ombudsman. He simply wanted to get his NBN connected. He had the cable to his home. He needed the modem and the cable and just needed it done. And he was having no no luck with it and made more than 80 phone calls, uh, spent hundreds of hours on the phone, was just super, super frustrated with what was going on. And looking back on it, it's, it's a pretty simple fix. But the problem with, with another problem was the fact that because he complained to the telecommunications industry ombudsman, and believe me, he wasn't the only person who complained about Telstra to the TIO. The irony of that is that he was caught in a massive backlog of complaints. So that just compounds the, the problem even further. So all he needed was the modem, router, and a cable. That's it. So here he is in the store, and the he refuses to leave. Telstra calls the police. He says, I'm not moving until my problems are resolved. So... In walks three policemen, three police officers who uh, were called by Telstra 
and with with you'd assume they were going to come to remove him from the store. Well, what actually happened was that the police got talking to Telstra, one of the officers, uh, particularly tech savvy police officer, actually was chatting to the Telstra staff, and before too long, they'd actually found a solution to the problem. So rather than coming to arrest the guy, they actually came and sorted out his issues. The issue he's been spending months trying to resolve and was was sorted out by three policemen who walked in. Now, that that, that sound that right there might sound like a happy ending, and, and it is for that particular customer. But it's also so frustrating to hear that because if three policemen can walk into a Telstra store and just resolve this customer's issues... Why didn't Telstra just do that in the first place? Why did it take the police involvement to get Telstra to act on this customer's behalf? If it was possible for the police to get the issue sorted out, then why didn't they just do that there and then? I'm still waiting for a statement from Telstra, by the way. I I called them uh, early on uh, Tuesday morning. And they said, oh, we're going to get a statement to you. Nothing. They just said that Telstra are conducting their own investigation of the incident and and the details of the custody complaint. That's all I've heard from Telstra. I'd love to run their side of the story and why this gentleman, Matt Dooley, who happens to work in the film and television industry, he he works from home. So I'm assuming his internet is quite important for him to do his job, especially uploading, downloading content and whatever he has to do. So the internet's quite important. ADSL just wouldn't cut it. NBN was installed, and he was just being given literally the runaround by Telstra. As simple as that. Now, there's been many times where some of you listening to this program have emailed me. A lot of my readers on Tech Guide have emailed me frustrated that they're not getting anywhere with a complaint. There's a, a fault with a product. Something isn't being done. And what I do is I, I act on their behalf. I contact the people I know at that particular company and not, nine ninety nine times out of 100, that issue is resolved. It's done. Now, it's I'd like to think that Telstra, they, they or not Telstra, all the companies that I talk to on, on behalf of my readers and listeners, well, my, my my thinking is well, I do know senior people in these companies. Unfortunately, my readers don't, and my listeners don't have the contact numbers of the head of marketing, the head of all these departments. But one in this instance, the police could come and resolve the issue. In the other instances. I can I can make a call or drop an email and then suddenly that issue is resolved. Why does it take me or the police to resolve this issue? Is is it to stay in my good graces? That that's not nice to think that that, that these companies are going to do me this favour so that I still think well of them. Well, how about thinking well of your customers? Get your customers' issues resolved. I'm not your customer. I'm just a person who writes about your products and about your services. Sort out your customer, and often I've had to step in, and it's done. There, there is a reader who uh, is currently currently having issues with his television. I've contacted the TV manufacturer, and they're going through the through the motions. When when initially he was told, "Sorry, not covered by warranty," he's explained his story to me, and I'm not going to name the company involved, but. Since I've made contact, they've said, "Okay, yeah, we'll check it out," and found that it it wasn't actually it, it was covered by the warranty. 
So you've got to ask yourself, what do these companies, do these companies not want to keep their customers? Don't these companies want to keep them on side? Then take the time. They're your customers. That's my advice to these companies. These people are your customers. Without customers, you have nothing. So it's in your best interest to do the right thing by your customer. A happy customer will tell other customers how well they were treated. But let me tell you this. A customer that is not happy will tell 100 people that they're not, not happy with what you're doing. So it pays for you to do the right thing by your customers. And in this case, this is an extraordinary story where three policemen could sort out this guy's problem, but Telstra couldn't in all those times. Now, in, in, these, in these instances where this occurs with other companies, I wonder whether it's just laziness or incompetence. They just they don't know what they're doing. So that that, that leaves me wondering if if they could if a police three policemen could sort out this issue, why couldn't they do it? Now all these complaints made to the telecommunications industry ombudsman. Let me just tell you a little bit about this. Whenever a customer makes a complaint to the TIO, and plenty of you listening may have done this including the guy, Matt Dooley, who was in the Herald story, who staged his sit-in in in Marrickville. Whenever, say, Matt Dooley, let's use him as the example, he complained to the telecommunications industry ombudsman about Telstra. The TIO escalates that problem to someone at a senior level at Telstra. Costs Telstra money when this happens. The TIO charges them for this. So you'd think that Telstra or any other company for that matter, would rather would rather avoid a customer having to go to the TIO, A, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be not really good for their reputation, and B, it's going to cost them money. So this whole world of customer service and resolving issues for your customers is should be of paramount importance. And I'll, be, I'll bet you this, that not every customer has a unique issue. An issue that's affecting one customer, I'll bet every dollar in my wallet he's, is probably the same thing other customers have experienced the same issue. So why not use the learnings on one case and apply it to another? How hard is that to do? It honestly leaves me just I'm scratching my head thinking what the hell went wrong here and why wasn't this just fixed with one phone call instead of hundreds of phone calls? I'm sure you've had your own experiences, uh, not just with Telstra, but with other companies. Contact me on Twitter, at Stephen Fennec, and that's Stephen spelled with a PH. So get, get to me on Twitter, hashtag Tech Guide. I'd love to hear your, your stories. If you're having an issue with a company or a, or a telco or someone that you need some help, I'm happy to go into bat for you. If it's a tech company you're having some, some trouble with, I'd be happy to go into bat for you just to prove to you that other other people can escalate this issue and it's solved. It's, a, it's just a, a crying shame that customers don't have that or not, uh, enough of authority within themselves. The fact that they're a customer is, doesn't give them enough authority to, to make their problems, to escalate their problems and fast track them for a solution. Really is depressing. And you know what? The best thing to do, if you're getting the runaround by a company and they're not, they're not meeting your needs, vote with your feet. Get out of there. The beauty of the NBN is the fact that you can buy the NBN from anyone. In the past, you were restricted if you had a Telstra cable in your street or an Optus cable, you were stuck with those services and that ISP. Well, that's not the case with the NBN. You can go to whomever you want. 
So vote with your feet if you're not happy. Try out these other companies. They're offering great services, so worth a try. If you're new to the NBN, my suggestion, don't sign up to a long-term contract. You may not be happy with that first company. Go month to month until you find the internet service provider that you're you're happy with. Then maybe go for the long-term contract after that. You can read that full, extraordinary story about the policeman solving the Telstra customers' issue. You can find that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Okay, now from one, from one bunch of angry customers to another bunch of angry customers, and in this case, uh, these are Apple customers, And uh, this comes in uh, after the revelation that Apple admitted that they were, in fact, slowing down older iPhones. Now, this whole thing started a few weeks ago when a person who he was conducting some bench tests, uh, testing the speed of the processor, uh, I think on on uh, an iPhone 6, uh, and when an iPhone 6 was brand new, I think the, the processor score was 1,400. That was the speed. Uh, the guy did another test in 2017, so late last year, and that score, I think, had dropped to 600. So, in other words, the processor wasn't performing as well or as fast as it was when the phone was new. And this this was posted on Reddit, and it, became, it went viral, and people were thinking, what? How could Apple possibly do this? And Apple, in fact, came out and admitted the fact that this was actually the case, that they, yes, they did they did slow down old iPhones. Now, here's what Apple had to say. So without admitting using those words, they said this, our goal is to deliver the best experience for customers, which includes overall performance and prolonging the life of their devices. Now, Apple, when they made this admission, the reason they gave for this, it was because of the lithium ion batteries that power the iPhones. Now, it's if you don't know this already, batteries degrade over time. Yes, the battery in your iPhone is getting worse by the day. So the more you charge it, the more cycles you go through, then it's going to degrade. It's going to hold a lower, it might not be able to produce as much power, it won't hold a charge as long, and it's a gradual thing. It takes years, but it is degrading. I, I equate it to the tires on your car. We all drive our cars, and tyres wear out. So you don't, can't expect your tyres to be in tip-top shape after three years of use. You're going to have to either replace your tyres or not drive at top speed. So you, you need to pull back on, on, the, on the speed so that your so that your tyres can cope. Well, that's not really the case. You'd get new tyres, but you know what I mean. Tyres wear out. In the same way, the batteries wear out. So over three years... A battery degrades. Now, in the case of Apple, and Apple's a company where their phones are used for a long time. Phones stay in the market for years. How many times you may have done this yourself, or you may have been the recipient of an old iPhone. Someone gets a new iPhone, they hand one down to their child or their friend or whoever. It's a hand-me-down. So that the, the longevity of that device could, could run up to five or six years. I've seen people still using an iPhone 4. That's a seven-year-old phone. That they've been using. That's 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 Apple, and it's very common for customers to use iPhones for a long time. And 
to cope with the, the degradation of the battery over that long period of time, Apple's reasoning was that in peak performance, if a processor is operating at its peak performance, an aging battery may not be able to keep up with it. The result is unexpected shutdowns. So what happens? The battery, the process is peaking. The battery tries to, to deliver the power to, to do for the processor to perform as it should, and the battery can't deliver that power, and there's a shutdown. So Apple's reasoning here, their logic is that we're going to just throttle back the processor slightly so that the battery can cope and that the customer doesn't have the shutdown, that it works as normal. Continuing on, on Apple's uh, statement, they said, lithium-ion batteries become less capable of supplying peak current demands when in cold conditions. They have a battery charge or as they age over time, which can result in the device unexpectedly shutting down to protect its electronic components. That was the issue. And they said that last year we released a feature for iPhone 6, 6S and SE to smooth out the instantaneous peaks only when needed to prevent the device unexpectedly shutting down. And that, in other words, they slowed the processor down. Now, this caused quite a kerfuffle. People were saying, accusing Apple of driving customers to new, making them want to buy new phones, or they're calling it planned obsolescence. And there are a lot of customers who pay top dollar for their device only to know that it's not performing as it should uh, in today. And Apple, they took a bit of a hammering. Uh, so much so that they came up with a second message where they actually issued an apology. They said, and I'll, I'll read it word for word, we know that some of you feel Apple has let you down. We apologize. So they, they, said, they also went on to say, we have never and would never do anything to intentionally shorten the life of any Apple product or degrade the user experience to drive customer upgrades. So in other words, we're not doing this to make you buy a new iPhone. They're doing this to help prolong the life of your phone. Put it this way, a phone that shuts down all the time, you don't want to use it, you want to throw it out the window. If they can prolong the use of that device, then it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to work. It's going to provide a better experience. Now, in light of that message, Apple went one better, uh, well, two better, actually. I'll, I'll, the first thing is, is they reduced drastically the price of a battery replacement. So if you've got an iPhone 6 or newer, so iPhone 5S and, and older, forget it, that you don't qualify for this. If you've got an iPhone 6, a 6S, a 7, 7, uh, or an 8, 8 won't need them now, the battery replacement price, which was usually 119 bucks, is now $80 cheaper. It's 39 bucks. So I reckon anyone listening to this podcast who has an iPhone 6 or a 6S, I would tomorrow book in a battery replacement for 39 bucks. Because you know what that's going to do? That brand new battery is going to make your phone perform like it's brand new again. So with this brand new battery, your process is going to be running at top speed again. So if you like your iPhone 6, you're not, you don't, can't afford or don't want to upgrade to a 7 or an 8, then I would run to an Apple store, book the appointment to get your battery replaced for 39 bucks. That is like getting a new phone. Your battery, you will, will be surprised at how well it'll perform after that. And I've heard a lot of our, our readers and, and new listeners contacting me saying, should I run this update? My friends say it slowed their phone down. Well, now all the times I've heard that, that's actually true. It has been slowed down, unfortunately. Slightly, but noticeable. No, it's been slowed down enough for you to notice and for you to ask the question. So if you are hanging on to an older phone, a 6, 6S, I would get the battery replacement 
100%. You know, I think Apple, the, the thing that maybe Apple looking back, uh, they probably, it didn't look good for them that there was no transparency here. They should have been more upfront about this. The fact they didn't tell customers this was going to happen, maybe in the fine print of the, uh, of the iOS update from whenever it was, they should have said anyone who's got a 6 or a 6S may experience processor slowdown for reasons A, B, C. That, I think, is where they fell down, just a lack of transparency there. The other thing they're going to do, too, in uh, earlier in, in uh, 2018, uh, in the first couple of weeks, they're going to also send out uh, a new up software upgrade so that it will allow you to have a better idea on your battery health. So it'll tell you... Uh, that your battery is performing uh, this way, and then you can expect it to do this. So a little bit more open and transparent in the, the, the health of your battery and whether you should get it replaced or not. So uh, Apple in a bit of hot water there, but they have come good with an apology and they have come good with a very, very cheap battery replacement. And again, if you have a 6 or a 6S, I would get that battery replacement this week. Make it make it a priority, I reckon, because it's going to give you an extra two or three years of life in that phone. So worth worth a try. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. While we're talking about Apple, they are in the news again. Uh, this is uh, the the story. Uh, an analyst, a business analyst from uh, City Analysts, that's C-I-T-I, short for Citibank, City Analysts. They came up with a, a prediction, if you like. They said that there is a 40% chance that Apple will acquire Netflix. And the reasons are really interesting. So Apple and Netflix. Netflix is worth a bit of money. They're, they're talking be worth about $100 billion. Now, it's, it's reason for this prediction is because of the new tax laws. So the you can thank new US president Donald Trump and his new tax laws which would allow Apple to repatriate 220 billion in cash so let me explain that what apple has done apple has avoided bringing tax back into the US to avoid high tax rates as a result of that Apple has more than 90% of its cash, which is estimated to be $250 billion plus outside of the U.S. But with these new laws, a one-time 10% repatriation tax would allow the company to invest up to $220 billion if it were for mergers, acquisitions, or buybacks. So rather than bringing $220 million into the country, paying a top tax rate, they can bring two twenty billion, I should say, back into the country to buy Netflix. They'll only pay ten percent tax on that transaction, so they can make the investment and only pay a small amount of tax. So it could make good business sense for Apple to do this, and a lot, a lot of people have been jumping in and commenting uh, and commenting about this possibility, including Bloomberg who came up with that $100 billion value. Uh, they said it would be a $100 billion all-stock deal. So Apple would buy all the stock. And 
if it did actually take place, Apple would acquire this incredible library of content and make it uh, competitive against other streaming services, especially Amazon. In the US, Amazon streaming is really strong. Netflix would give Apple that amazing library of content. It would also make Apple the world's leading internet television network with more than 90 million members in 190 countries. And Netflix with receiving this massive influx of capital, can then go ahead and pay for even more original content. So, you know, those shows you watch, The Crown, House of Cards, they're all original Netflix content and a lot of movies that are very common to see them being made. Well, now they've got, they'll have this amazing bucket of cash to pay for that content to be made as well. Uh, Apple already, of course, has iTunes, really successful with their movie TV content there, so you can buy and rent uh, that content, and imagine them having Netflix as well. It would be amazing. So, uh, you know, there, there is already rumors, actually, that a- Apple were creating its own original TV and movie content to to sell through to iTunes as well. They've reportedly signed Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston to star in a new TV show that Apple is developing. More on that, hopefully, later this year. But will Apple buy Netflix? Not sure. We'll have to wait and see for 2018 to unfold, but it would be a very, very interesting situation if it did. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Public Wi-Fi, we're all using it in this holiday period, but it isn't always safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. Now, there's been examples of recent Wi-Fi vulnerabilities where the, you could allow, which would allow attackers to intercept your data, which is transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. Personal information transmitted over the internet or stored on your connected devices, including passwords, credit card numbers, and more, could suddenly become vulnerable. All this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft so you can access your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find more, visit au.norton.com. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen our first review we're going to talk about the huawei mate 10 pro now this is a pretty good smartphone huawei uh, number three company when it comes to smartphones and they've again delivered a really impressive device it's got a great design and again a really really good camera on the camera side they're again using the two leica lenses and a flash so that you're producing some impressive images. The device, really nicely designed. It's got a glossy curved back, and that merges seamlessly to the edges. There is the Mate 10, which doesn't have the same 18 by 9 elongated look that the Mate 10 Pro does. So think Galaxy S8, Pixel XL2, uh, Note 8, all those devices, the LG V30, the G6, the all screen, that is what the Mate 10 Pro looks like. Uh, there is a six-inch screen, so it goes nearly edge to edge. You can the bezels are millimeters thick, very, very, very thin. Uh, the the display nearly takes up the entire front face of the product. 
Build quality, superb. Huawei continuing to go strength to strength with their new devices. And despite it being a, having a six-inch screen, it still sits really nicely in your hand. doesn't feel like a massive phone. That is the result of being able to fit that big screen in a smaller chassis. So uh, really, really good news there. Uh, it's also water resistant. It's got an IP67 rating, so it's water and dust resistant. Uh, but uh, in the fine print, I noticed this in the fine print, uh, it doesn't recommend users attempt to charge a wet Huawei Mate 10, Mate 10 Pro. So if you've wet your Mate 10 Pro, dry it off before you try to charge it. Uh, that has been uh, a word of warning from Huawei. Now, the display is an OLED display, so resolution of 2160 by 1080 can handle HDR10 content. So this is an entertainment machine right there in your pocket. Movies, videos look brilliant on the 16 screen, so you can take it anywhere. Uh, you'll also have a screen protector on the device. So out of the box comes with a screen protector that's already uh, installed on the screen. So no having to, to work it out and hopefully not get it wrong. It's already there. It also comes with a soft silicon case. So no need to shop for a case for the device. One comes in the box. Really, really good to know. The Mate 10 Pro is not only a good-looking device, but also a very strong performing device as well. It's got a Kirin 970 processor, 10 nanometer technology, 8-core CPU, 12-core graphics processor as well. So this is uh, this humming along nicely. It's also got AI computing platform, so it uh, can get used to what you're doing, kind of predict what you want to do, so you get nice speed and responsiveness and efficiency through the device. And uh, let's talk about the camera, though. That's probably one of the best features of the product. Like a dual camera with an f1.6 aperture, photos, videos looked amazing. This is a really, really nice camera. The two lenses work together brilliantly. So you get good pictures in low light, blur-free photos. It's got fast autofocus. So it's got a 20-megapixel monochrome sensor, 12-megapixel RGB sensor that work together brilliantly. And the photos, I've put some on my story on Tech Guide, look fantastic. Great color reproduction, really nice low-level, low-light shots as well. Uh, and it uses an intelligent photographic algorithm to identify in real time different scenes and adjust the settings and all the modes all on the fly. Looks really good. So it'll adjust your color, contrast, brightness, exposure, all intelligently controlled. It can even recognize objects to optimize the different shooting conditions as well. So it'll recognize a flower or a sunset or a sunrise, the beach, the food, even your pets. So no matter what you're photographing, the Huawei Mate 10 Pro has got your back. It'll give you the best mode possible. I've put in plenty of uh, examples in there, including one of my little dog, Logan, my Dalmatian, uh, one of my two Dalmatians. And you'll see from that image just how sharp and clear those images can go. Under the hood, you've got Android 8.0, Oreo running, as well as its own EMUI user interface which is not too thick a layer. I, th I like uh, the level of Huawei Mate, uh, the, Wa the Huawei EMUI. It's not too obtrusive. Uh, it, can, it does the trick. On the battery side, you've got a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. That's the advantage of having a larger device. You get a larger battery. The battery does a terrific job and gets you through easily through the day. But here's the impressive part about it. It's got this fast charging. So if you do a 20-minute charge, that's enough power to get you through a work day. So imagine you, you're leaving home at 20 to 9 and you put your phone on charge for that 20 minutes before you're walking out the door at 9 o'clock. You'll have enough power from that 20-minute charge to last you till 5 in the afternoon. That is impressive. 
So uh, the, the, all over, pretty good. Couple of things um, that it doesn't have. Uh, there's no wireless charging, so you can't be using it like the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8. Samsung devices, no wireless uh, charging. Uh, also, no headphone jack. So Apple, uh, Huawei's joined Apple and Google in deleting this feature, so no more uh, headphone jack. The other disappointing thing they left out of this was a micro SD card slot. That's one thing I liked about Android phones was having that micro SD card slot to just be able to fit in your stuff, save it to the card, have stuff on the card, maybe like a series of shows or whatever you want on there. I really like the fact that I could just add that. Well, not so with the Mate 10 Pro. And look, that follows in the footsteps of Apple. I've never had a micro SD card slot. Google Pixel phones have never had it either. So Huawei, I think, believe they're following a trend here because everyone puts all their stuff in the cloud. So I think uh, it's not a deal breaker if they don't have the micro SD card, although for some customers it might be. Now, price-wise, you're looking at 1099 bucks, which I think is pretty reasonable for a phone of this calibre. You, you, you know, this is in the iPhone and Samsung and Google Pixel, uh, their tier of phones, and I think they've really gone to the next level with the device. I was really impressed with it. If you want to read our complete review of the Huawei Mate 10 Pro, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up is a product uh, from one of our sponsors, Netgear, as you know, is our sponsor, and their product, the Arlo Go, is the latest addition of their amazing wire-free cameras. You'll hear a bit more about that in the live read in a moment, but with the Arlo Go, this is a camera you can put anywhere. Not doesn't have Wi-Fi. It's got its own SIM card. There's a SIM card slot. You can put a SIM in this, connects to the cellular network, and you can put it anywhere. So imagine, say you've got a caravan or a holiday house or a boat. You can mount this camera in view of that object you want to monitor and be able to access it. Forget about setting up Wi-Fi networks, connecting it to Wi-Fi, passwords, all that. Don't need it. There is a SIM card on board so you can connect it from anywhere. So you're using the, the 4G cellular network for your connection. And now you'll be able to monitor that camera from anywhere because you can place it anywhere as well. So using the Arlo app, you can look through that camera live and no matter where it is, as long as there's a 4G signal, it will be able to perform as, as a regular Arlo camera on your Wi-Fi network. So it'll give you motion alerts, uh, movement, all this stuff. You get alerts. You'll be able to watch back all your stuff. They'll store it for seven days in the cloud. If you want more storage, you can uh, pay for it, a month, small monthly fee. They'll keep it for up to a year. So imagine you got your boat docked at the marina. You might have a, have a caravan or a holiday house. Uh, you might want to even put it in your in your office, or you might want to put it in your car. Just for the for my review, I put it in my car, and was able to access the view from the camera in the car. So I went I went to do my shopping. I could look at through my car, and if there's any motion around it, I, I could detect that. And because of the high-definition resolution, I could see faces and number plates and things like that. That's not what it's designed for, but that was just me wanting to prove the fact that you literally can use this thing anywhere as long as you're on the 4G network. Under the hood, it's got a rechargeable battery, uh, and you'll see the slots there. There's a slot for a micro SD card, so it can record locally, and there's also a slot for your SIM card as well. So uh, what I recommend you do if you, uh, if you, have, uh, you need to buy a SIM card... You, you're probably looking at about two gigabytes a month that the camera will use. 
So what you can do is either buy a really cheap data plan, a little data sim, or if you can use your own data on your mobile network and have like a family sharing setup where you can assign another SIM card that can share in your existing data pool. That's another solution as well. But really handy device if you wanted to monitor anywhere. And the thing too, you can pair it with another Arlo product, the Arlo Solar Panel. So here, imagine this scenario. You've got your Arlo Go with a SIM card connected to a solar panel, which is continually charging the battery, that you can literally set and forget that camera. You won't need to change the battery. You won't need – it's connected to the to the 4G network. So you don't have to do anything in that situation. Uh, how, how great would that be? Terrific peace of mind as well. Now, the Arlo Go, not cheap. It's priced at 599 bucks. Uh, limited stock now. There's going to be more uh, in now in the next couple of weeks now that we've gone into the new year. Uh, if you want to pair it up too with that Arlo solar panel, that's another 149 bucks. Definitely worth your time. If you want to check out our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're talking speakers, uh, not just any old speaker, a smart speaker, a voice-activated smart speaker to be precise, and we're talking the JBL Link. There's two of them, the JBL Link 10 and the JBL Link 20. Uh, the Link uh, JBL Link 10 is about 17 centimetres tall, five hours of playback on a single charge. The Link 20 is a bit bigger, 21 centimetres tall, 10 hours battery on a single charge. So if you want to go big, you'll go the 20. You're happy with the small, go the JBL Link 10. What they've both got in common is the fact they've got Google Assistant built in. So you can, this is a, like another version of Google Home. So you can say, hey, Google, and my speaker is going to be activating now. So you probably hear something in the background. So you can still have that built-in intelligence. Okay, so you can ask. Yeah, okay, good on you, Google. <laughs> it did hear me say that. So you can, like uh, the Google Home speaker, ask it questions, check your schedule, check for traffic, do everything you need to do, find out information, or get everything you need to know, uh, as well as uh, listen to music. Now, in terms of music quality, I've got to say, the JBL Link speaker is far better audio quality than you'll get with a Google Home speaker. Granted, it's more expensive. I think Google Home I saw for as low as about $125. Uh, and the JBL Link starts at $229, so $229 for the 10 $299 for the Link 20 But these speakers are water-resistant. There's IPX7 rating, so it's waterproof, can go underwater can go anywhere, uh, and they've also got a far better sound. So you're paying for bigger speaker, better speaker, and a waterproof speaker. So if you want something better than Google Home, but you still want to be able to use your voice and use all those uh, smarts of Google Assistant, then the JBL Link speaker is the device for you. 360-degree sound, so it sounds good no matter where you are in relation to the speaker. Music sounds great. And just as with Google Assistant on board, it turns into a Google Home speaker. You can actually add it to your Google Home app as well. So it recognizes that on the system. 
There's also Bluetooth on board, so if you want to stream music, say you got Apple Music on your on your iPhone or something or another Spotify or whatever, you can actually create a Bluetooth connection directly to the device, so it doesn't just work through Wi-Fi through Google or only all the time. So if you want to, I think Google Assistant only will play music from YouTube or Google Play Music. So if you've got your others, you might want to use Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, you can create a Bluetooth connection directly to your device. But when you're hooked up to Wi-Fi, Google Assistant can be put to work, find out all the information, and also control your devices. Like you might tell it to turn on your lights or turn on uh, other, other devices in your home. Uh, and it, it will do that through the speaker just by you talking to it. You might want to add items to a shopping list or read the news and stuff like that. Google Assistant, uh, the JBL Link speakers can do that. The uh, JBL Link 10, JBL Link 20, available now from JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. And if you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you know about Arlo. We were talking about it a moment ago. By Netgear, this is the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now you get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, pets, or whoever's at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming, and yes, still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our first Apple, uh, our first tech guide helped us, I should say, is going to talk about Apple ID. We had a few uh, over the holiday period. We had a few emails from our readers saying, oh, "I've forgotten my password," or "I've forgotten my Apple ID." Uh, this is an issue. Your Apple ID is usually your email address. So uh, you, how many email addresses have you had? Not hard to remember that. If you can't remember your password, you can reset your password. You may be taken through some security questions. Another question I had from a reader was they thought they were answering their security questions correctly. But what my advice is, what I think is happening is that they're not using the capital letters where they should be, the apostrophe where it should be. So they're just typing out the name. I think you have to get it exactly right. You've got to have a capital letter in the right place. The apostrophe, it's like a, if it's the name of a, of a place that's got an apostrophe S yes, or whatever, uh, that has to be all done correctly as well. So that might be why you think you're typing in the right answer, but you're not actually putting the capitals and the punctuation and apostrophes where they should go. So give that another go. Uh, I had another question, an interesting one from uh, some readers who wanted to connect their TV to the internet, but they didn't have Wi-Fi on their TV. TV might be slightly older. A couple of things you can do. 
And one is if you want to connect a cable to the TV. Often there's an Ethernet connection on the back of the telly. May not have Wi-Fi, but there may be an Ethernet connection. What you can do is have a range extender close to the TV. So it's picking up on the wireless network in your home. And uh, by having that into the uh, the extender near the TV, probably connected to a PowerPoint near it, is not only picking up that signal, but it's also on the range extender, usually you'll find there's an Ethernet port. So being near the TV, you can connect a cable to the to the extender to the back of the telly. So you've got a connection to the internet. The extender connects wirelessly to the modem. The range extender connects with a cable to your television. So you've got internet to your telly. The other way you can do it is connect a smart device to your TV. So if you want to connect, and often this is the case here where you want to connect a TV to the internet because it's not a smart TV, therefore won't have Netflix, Stan, won't have all the apps on it. What you can do, though, is buy a smart device, a set-top box, a Blu-ray display, a 4K player. They have the smarts on board. They have the Wi-Fi on board. So if you connect that to your TV, that turns it into a smart TV as well. You can buy a product like maybe Apple TV. That'll give you Netflix and all those uh, apps as well, iTunes, the whole bit. And because there's Wi-Fi on board, it's connecting to the internet on your TV's behalf. And because that product's connected with the HDMI cable to your telly, we all win. The internet is there. Content is there. You are connected with your television. We hope that solves your problems. Keep your help desk questions coming in. We are going to give priority to anyone who submits a voice bite to the help desk. So you download the voice bite app. It's free on iOS and Android. Simply type in hashtag tech guide in the clip title. Record your question or comment. You've got 15 seconds recording time. So you may want to give me your own 15-second review of a product. You may have had an experience that you want to talk about. You had a complaint with a telco, whatever. Or you might want to ask me a tech question, ask for some tech advice. Your voice will be on the Tech Guide podcast if you choose to use VoiceBite. And as I said, we'll give VoiceBite's priority on the show ahead of email. So get recording. Your voice could be heard right here with mine on the Tech Guide podcast. If you do want to send us an email, of course, we'll accept those. Info at techguide.com.au is what you need to do. And uh, that, that's the end of our show, actually. You can uh, read about everything that we've talked about. Uh, if you can go to our website, everything that we've spoken about, techguide.com.au. Uh, special thanks to, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the new year. Thank you. We hope to have your company throughout 2018. We're going to be going to Las Vegas next week for the Consumer Electronics Show, so be be sure to tune in for all the latest news from there, the biggest tech show in the world. And, of course, this year we'll be giving you all the tech news from wherever we are and all the reviews, all the products we're going to look at. You'll hear it right here on the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.